every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. And right now, clean is more important than ever. And Zero Res is cleaning for a great rate for Zone listeners. Simply call them 801-288-9376. Tell them you heard about it on The Zone. They're going to hook you up. Just $33 per room cleaned. And if you clean three, you get the fourth full free as they say. So check them out, 801-288-9376. Time for What's Going On, where we uh, check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network and find out what's going on. I heard this from Hanson Scotty today, and I thought this uh, was a great segment, breaking down all the drama going on up in Logan. Here you go. Transfers weren't a big deal when you were playing at the collegiate level. Some of it. It was always, uh, we'd get some people up from, well, early, I think Rick's College canceled their sports somewhere around my sophomore, junior sophomore year. But we yeah. we would still get about seven guys a year. Okay, that's a decent amount. Yeah, about seven guys a year. So if you felt like a coach was trying to recruit over the top of you, which you always do, would you say I'm going to shut it down and I'm going to leave and I'm going to go somewhere else, or are you going to fight for it? Yeah, you fight. So no question, you fight. So Caleb Rep tweeted over the weekend, and he said, uh, "And again, I I'm For, former Utah former defensive Utah, end, former Utah State tight end, and had a great year last year for yeah. Utah State." Said, "If y'all think Coach A is going to bring in a Ute and he ain't going to ball out, you don't know what the U boys do up there." And tag Jason Shelley. Well, I'd agree with that to, to a large extent. I think we've seen success from Nick Henniger. Nick, yeah, Nick, who, who's I, I guess going to be moving outside. And Caleb Rep and CLC Mariner all had really good years for Utah State last year. Good for them. So Jordan Nathan then responds on Twitter. Now Jordan Nathan's been at Utah State his entire career. He's going into a senior year at wide receiver, and he's upset because he was close with Henry Columbia. Henry Columbia transferred out after Jason Shelley announced that he was going to Utah State. Uh, Jordan Nathan said the point is uh, he didn't show loyalty in reference to Gary Anderson, didn't show loyalty to the quarterback who has been here for three years putting in work. By the way, this is all via Twitter. Then he gone have someone come in here and share reps with Henry Columbia. How's that work? That's a slap in the face. Uh, And at this point, I don't care if I get in trouble for this tweet. It is what it is. And then COC Mariner comes in over the top. Oh, so Cielsi's who's, who's graduated, who's graduated, yeah. played at Utah State last year, started at Utah. And Cielsi Mariner says, bros, didn't want to compete just because you waited three years means you deserve something. Is it not a coach's job to bring in the best talent? Yep. Y'all starting to sound real soft with this one. Yeah. And then Jordan Nathan responds to that, says, LOL, see, you're an outsider looking in here and don't know what was said to Henry. He knew what he knew what it was when a new dude was brought in. Same grade and all. He brought him in here to start. Anyway, I would have had money on Henry anyway. COC Mariner responds to that. 
said they did the exact same thing. This is he references Jalen Warren being brought in to compete with Gerald Bright, who was the incumbent at running back. Yeah. So they did the exact same thing to G. Bright last season. G. Bright was a dog and said, this is my <clears throat> yeah, he, job. He did a great job. Same grade and all. So what's the difference now? Bright had some great games. He did. Jalen yeah. was dealing with some injuries. Yeah. Uh, and then Jordan Nathan fires back at COC Mariners and says, so why why you all compete? Why didn't you want to compete and stay at Utah? Answer me that one. Oh, because oh, okay, okay. Mar- Mariner transferred it out yeah, of. I, but Mar- Mariner was a starter. Yeah, and that's what COC Mariner said. I did compete. I started my last season at Utah. I wasn't going to put up the same numbers at Utah as I did at Utah State. Two different types of offense. I needed to put some numbers up for a shot at the pros. More targets. Never yeah. ran in my life. Never will. And uh, it kind of goes back and forth there. So here's the thing. You've got some players that have been around Henry Columbia up at Utah State mm-hmm. that are a little upset that Henry transferred and Jason Shelley's been brought in. Mm-hmm. As a former player and a guy who's competed at an extremely high level, mm-hmm. what's your take on all of this? So we had one quarterback transfer out in my time at BYU. His first name was Drew. I can't Drew remember. Miller. I think he went to Montana. Drew Miller. Yeah. Okay, so he... There were a lot of guys there in the locker room that liked him. And when he announced that he was going to be transferring out, there were a lot of us that were like, wait, you got a shot. Like, you got a shot to to start and play here. And all of us had watched quarterbacks kind of waste on the bench. Guys like Paul Shoemaker and others that had just wasted on the bench. You know, these are great athletes that have tried, but the timing didn't hit, their performance didn't hit, and they just continue to try and push and and practice and compete so when drew left there were some guys that were upset handful probably eight maybe 10 guys that were like no this is ridiculous he's the best of the quarterbacks and you can't let him leave and politics is playing there was a little bit of a stir and it all gets squashed out really quick it gets squashed out because everybody's like no we don't have time to worry about who's leaving Problem is, we didn't have the social media stuff. Yeah. We, we didn't make it a public issue. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. To make this a public issue is an absolute joke. Personally, as a coach, and this is why I'm not a coach, personally, as a coach, if I saw this, I'd call the kid in, I'd tell him to erase the tweets, delete his Twitter account. If he refused to do it, I'd, I'd send him on his way. And I'd look him right in the face. I'd say, we don't need that, man. We don't need to make team business public. So delete it and delete your account, or we're going to ship you on down the line. Well, I'm not going to do that, coach. All right, you're done. Because I'm not going to have you taking our team business and putting it out there for the public. Because we need to figure this out amongst us. And if you think that I'm doing things wrong, come to me. Don't come to the public about me. And maybe he did go to maybe he did go to Coach A. If he didn't, shame on him. He needs to take these issues to Coach A. Because I, I can promise you Coach A is going to look him right in the face and say, Henry Columbia had every opportunity to compete against Jason Shelley. He just chose not to. No, Coach, that's not the truth. You know you would not bring a quarterback from the University of Utah and, and, and tell him that there's a chance he's going to be riding the bench. You're bringing him to start. Well, yeah, there's probably a good chance that you're having Jason Shelley come up there to start. But that doesn't mean that an intelligent coach won't put the two of them in practice and say, now go go compete, go win it. So 
There you go. I thought a, a great breakdown from Hanson Scotty on the story and the the back and forth. And of course, this is the age old uh, discussion that is going to become even more and more relevant now that transfers are more and more common. And then they're, in fact, going to remove transfer restrictions and not add them. So who's right, Austin? Is uh, Columbia a uh, softy cakes or is he savvy? How old is Henry Columbia? Yeah, uh, not sure. He's uh, three years, though, at Utah State. So, he so would, probably he, a red shirt sophomore. Okay, so he's got at least, to just make it easy, he has at least two years of eligibility left. Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was had some good minutes, had some good time under his belt at Utah State, uh, even with Gary Anderson as head coach, as he was the backup to uh, Jordan Love. Right. And that head coach calls in, a quarterback, a grad transfer quarterback from a school that that head coach was most previous, most recently working at. I think Henry Colombi, in his uh, case, is savvy. I don't think he's being soft. I think he is seeing the writing on the wall and saying, I've done two, three years at Utah State. Here's my opportunity. It's supposed to be my time. I've earned it. I've kept my mouth shut. I've gone to class. I've got grades. I've worked hard. I've improved. I've added weight. I've been healthy. I've been done everything that's been asked of me. And the second that they have to reward me, they bring in someone else who only has one year left, and they think they can rent me for another year with Jason Shelley at the starter, and then I'll only get one year as a starter. That's it. I'm out of here. He, I don't see that as soft. So I, I don't either. I, I think it's savvy. I, I tend to agree with you. Here's here's why I think it's unfair for uh, COC Mariner, Caleb Rep, and and a little bit Hans for for that matter. But I'm not I'm not putting these guys down because of course they can voice their opinion. I hear what they're saying. But the quarterback position is different from in Hans's case, defensive tackle or okay. or COC wide receiver or Caleb Rep finished Utah State at tight end, right? Listen, uh, yeah. if you're a baller at those positions, it doesn't matter how many other ballers are on the team. You're playing. And maybe it's in the case of defensive lines that we've seen at Utah where it's like a total line change where four linemen come off and four linemen go on. But the truth is, if you're playing those positions and you're really good, you're going to play. You're going to play. Quarterback, only one quarterback, only one can play at a time. And we've seen how platooning quarterbacks goes. Here's the quick answer. Not well. <laughs> There's <laughs> think, a reason it's not adopted widely. Kyle Whittingham did it once in his career. Was and it I, Terrence I think it No, no, no. I think it lasted one game, and it was Brett Ratliff and Tommy Grady. And I believe it was a UCLA game. There might be a Ute fan out there who can... Uh, who can uh, weigh in on this? But uh, basically, I think I think the story goes that Brett Ratliff and I'm trying to remember Brett Ratliff got him off to a decent start. Uh, maybe they didn't score. Maybe they did score. But then Grady came in. Either it was the next. I think it was second quarter or whatever. It was just awful. I mean, just basically lost him the game. And a- after that, I believe uh, Wit was like, "Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that." That anymore. was cute. We're that's that's not going to. You see uh, it with kickers a lot. Not going to work. So so here's the thing, like. Uh, Columbia, I mean, if let's say they both are ballers, right? Let's say Columbia plays really, really well. Let's play say Jason Shelley plays really, really well, but some subjective opinion from the offensive coordinator gives the nod to Jason Shelley. Well, Columbia's not going to play. He's not going to play unless Shelley fails or gets hurt. And if I'm Columbia, I don't want to sit there and root for Jason Shelley to fail. That's that's or not for, a very or that, worse for or him to get hurt. To get hurt, yeah. right? That's not a very uh, that's not a very team 
Like, I would feel uncomfortable with that. Now, now people out there will tell you, well, you know, uh, buck up and the better man won and all this stuff. And it's like, well, I'm not going to play. I want to play. I want to play college football. And I, if uh, I get, you know, what they're saying about uh, Jason Shelley getting depth at the position and those sorts of things. But if, if my coach recruited over me and I was a quarterback, you can tell me to go in there and battle it out all you want. But I'm already fighting I'm already well behind. And plus, new offensive coordinator Shelley's going to be his guy, right? Yep, exactly. And yeah. so I I came in under an old regime. I'm not doing it. I don't blame him for not doing it. I understand where the criticism uh, came from on both sides, both, you know, the teammate as well as uh, Rep and, and Mariner. I get it. And I don't like freeing up transfers. But if I'm Henry Columbia in today's day and age, I'm out. I'm out. And you know what? If I'm uh, if I'm Cam Rising at Utah, that's I'm it, out. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, this is the the only example I can think of, Jake, that is different. Uh, that that of recent memory is Jake Heaps. Jake Heaps got a lot of opportunity. He did at BYU. Riley Nelson should not. Let, let's be real. Riley Nelson should not have on paper been better than Jake Heaps. Uh-huh. Just shouldn't have happened. He ended up being better than Jake Heaps. Riley Nelson got the job, and Jake Heaps transferred. What happened to Jake Heaps at the place he transferred to? Well, he made some bad transfers, but yeah, I get your point. He, he didn't transferred succeed. three times. I know. Because why? But he transferred to Kansas, the worst football program in Where the Power Five. Where he should have been the starting quarterback because they are terrible. <laughs> it's just, he just got killed. And what happened? He, he got beat out there, so he transferred to Miami. Got beat out there. Yeah, no, I get your point. No, I, I hear so you. So every but, transfer scenario, I think, is completely unique to the circumstance before I call them soft or I savvy. Gotcha. And I think Columbia is just looking at the time on the wall. The eligibility has got left and going, This I, I got to go somewhere I can I don't, play. I don't blame Jake Heaps for, for transferring. He got he did. The he, first got, time, he got beat out. I'm fine with him transferring the first time. The second time, it was obvious. You're just transferring until you find a spot where you get to be the starter that you always wanted to be, and it turns out you aren't capable of being the starter. Who's the the Utah guy? Uh, your favorite name in Utah history? That, Jack Tuttle. That guy that just up and left yeah, for Indiana. Uh-huh. And isn't he rumored to also be transferring yet again? Is he? I'm not sure. So anyway, it's but Columbia, he's older, he's redshirted, he's done his time at Utah State. Go play. He's been through a few uh, coaching change or a coaching change. And now it's time for him to go find somewhere to finish out as a starter, and that's fine. And by the way, I don't blame Coach Anderson or uh, you know any of the coaching staff up there really uh, if if they feel like they can recruit a better quarterback or somebody that could possibly be a better quarterback. Why would they say no to that? I get it, but then you can't call Columbia soft for transferring. Which, to be clear, the coach did not. No, 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 no. They the, didn't. The, it was these a were player. players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Hanson Scotty didn't really either. Hans, I know. Scotty was reading those tweets, and Hans, you know, has his Hans opinion on a, transfers. No, 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 which, which is fine. Hans's opinion is, uh, and he's said this many, many times, if it were Rock, he'd tell him to stick it out. And I got it, because that's what Hans did, right? I mean, Hans, I'm sure, faced some adversity there at BYU that he had to battle through, certainly in his time in the NFL. Yes, for sure. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I think he probably values those experiences and is proud of the way he did, so... I, I certainly understand his opinion. But at the quarterback position, I do think it makes it unique that only one can play. Yep. I, I mean, let's you know, if you're Caleb Rep and you're a you're a baller tight end and you're in a uh you're in a tight end group that has another couple of really baller guys, they're still gonna play you. 
they're going to still find packages for you uh, because uh, it's like uh, we talked to this uh, to Chris Camroni about this with uh, Kalani Sataki, where he's like, I'm going to get my best 11 players on the field. Yeah, 100%. So if you're one of the best players on the team, they're going to find a way to play it unless you play quarterback and there happens to be one other player on the roster who's better than you. Not even who's better than you. Better than you in the mind of the decision makers. Which I always have to tell people because people go, oh, well, he beat him out. It's like, well, you make it sound like there's some sort of finish line there. No, it's just in the opinion. I I don't mean to, to be critical of, of Utah, but this is a good example that I, that I always think of. Darrell Mack saved the season for the University of Utah in, what was it, 07? It might have been 06. But anyway, the, the, the running backs coach at the time, and I'm trying to remember who, even who it was, but they they picked Ray Stowers and Daryl Poston to start over Darrell Mack. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. That's because <laughs> it's in their mind. Whatever criteria they're judging over is what they see in practice, and then that's the decision that they, they go yeah, with. And maybe not even just in practice. Maybe he doesn't like the music the kid is where, is listening to and subliminally or, holds that against right. him. Or And this is a big one sometimes when it comes to position battles. Who recruited you? Ah. Because coaches like to look right. So when their recruits succeed, they get the, the kind of the kudos that comes along with it, which I, I, I don't want to accuse coaches of doing this. And you use the word subliminally. Austin, well, we're all I guilty of subliminal. Right, right, yeah. and bringing our own perspective. My point is, is that coaches are not always right. And certainly in the case of a quarterback who gets beat out, they probably a lot of times think, well, that coach has his head uh, uh, up his backside. You know? So this, this, is, this is tough. And with the quarterback position, it makes it unique. It really does, since only one can play, and they don't go back and forth very often. And I think it matters how old and how long the kid has been there. Like, I, I somehow don't feel the same about Jack Tuttle up and quitting and moving on as I do about Henry Columbia. Right. I get, I'm giving Columbia a pass because he's done, he's quote-unquote done his time there at Utah State. And now he's running out of time. Easy there. Scotty could be listening. Let's not call Utah State prison. <laughs> Tuttle. Let's not, let's not uh, call that uh, the he's, prison he's up there. He's put his Logan. time in. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, but done his time. Uh, he's Tuttle, done his time. Tuttle was here for six minutes and then up and left because he didn't get his way. And that bo- that that's where I see the big difference there. If that's, if yeah. that's the reason. I'm sure that's not the reason Tuttle <laughs> told the NCAA. And the NCAA made him immediately eligible. Yeah, so. weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the whole story there. This Columbia, I guess we don't know the whole story either. But it, it appears, especially with the teammate speaking out, it appears it's a little bit more explained than maybe the Tuttle situation was. I don't know. And sometimes and, and it's tough fair. to, to perhaps, speculate. Perhaps Tuttle had some kind of personal. I don't know. Yeah, but, I don't know either. But just from where I stand and the things I'm seeing, Columbia has put his time in. Tuttle had not. And so if, if if I were advising Tuttle at the time, I would have said, hang in there. Give it another year and then leave. If you, But, you know. One more really sub story to this, Austin, is C.O.C. Mariner's tweet where he didn't think he could get stats at Utah receiving the ball. Oh. Thought he had to go to Utah State to get to get stats receiving the ball. That was an admission, wasn't it? That was a tad bit. Of, yeah, I started at Utah, but they still don't pass starters the ball. So... <laughs> 
unless I wanted to become a pro blocker, well, I was going to have to find somewhere that I was uh, actually going to ask you what do you think it meant in regards to the quarterback talent at Utah and their skill set. See, I believe COC though, and, and this is evolving a little bit for me on this position, but I do believe COC when he talked about the style. It was because more about the coordinator it, it was, change? Not necessarily even that. Listen, as long as Kyle Whittingham's there, Utah is going to run the ball and protect the defense. They can talk all they want about opening it up and we're going to throw it. And boy, the receivers look great again this year. It doesn't matter if they had Jerry Rice in his prime at receiver. Utah isn't throwing the ball anymore. Because Kyle Whittingham knows that the more you throw the ball, the less time you have the ball, and the more time that his defense has to stay on the field. Because you know what makes Kyle Whittingham look good is when his defense only has to play for 10 minutes a game, and they're (laughs) awesome that whole 10 minutes. (laughs) That's a good point, yeah. There's a strategy behind that. And I'm sure he loves – I mean, just just think about it for a second. We, We give Utah a lot of credit for recruiting great running backs, and they have, right? But they also take those great running backs and they give them the ball over and over and over and over and over and over again. Unless they, Troy Taylor's the coordinator. Well, I'm, I'm not convinced he knew what he was doing. I'm convinced he didn't know what he was uh, doing. Yeah, but I mean, watching what Utah did to BYU at the end of last year's game where they ran the ball for eight consecutive minutes to end the game. After a lightning delay or whatever that, it was? That was Kyle Whittingham's masterpiece. That was Kyle Whittingham's Mona Lisa right there. <laughs> his, his presidential <laughs> portrait. Has, he was his... like, this is how football is supposed to be played. I get it. That's just that's him as a head coach. So I, you know, I was not the biggest Tyler Huntley proponent, and I think he left Utah a better quarterback, much better than when he came. Agreed. Which is more than I think you can say for somebody like Travis Wilson. Yeah, right. So I, I, he I proved me wrong. As he a did. Senior. Me too. Yeah. I, I give him. He had a great senior year. I think the Heisman campaign was a bit much, but I, I think he was really good, uh, given that he's playing for a coach. That is not going to you, it, Gordon. Uh, Gordon loves Mike Leach, right? And he likes that. Uh, he likes the air raid offense and all that stuff. Kyle Whittingham would murder Mike Leach by game two if he were his offensive coordinator. It'd be done. Huh? It would be over. He'd be like, "Nope, we are not doing this." <laughs> Any, anyone seen Coach Leach? Nope. Next question. The second time Leach would go three and out. The second time in a row, wit would be you have been removed of your duties, and uh, yeah, it's over. Someone get me the golf cart for Coach Lee. This out of here. this thing didn't this thing didn't this thing wasn't gonna work. I would love to see that though. No, but but think about it. Every offensive coordinator that's come in at Utah, and and it's been a few. They all say the same thing. Oh, man, we are going to open this puppy up. Coach has given me the keys to the car, and I am going to make this offense hum. And then we see the same offense every single year, which he's won a ton of games. Everybody, everybody, when I bring this up, they're like, why are you blasting Coach Witt? This philosophy has made Utah incredibly successful in the Pac-12, and it's probably the best philosophy in terms of recruiting. Because this just in, you know, Tyler Huntley finished up in a, a really good quarterback at Utah, but Utah's probably not going to get the cream of the crop quarterbacks. They're just probably not. Well, and, they didn't with the Arizona State kid. Yes, and they were darn close with him, with Daniels, right? Jaden Daniels. Jaden yeah. Daniels. Yeah, they were really close. And he, he went elsewhere. It's just not likely that they're going to get – I mean, even Alex Smith – 
Even Alex Smith was uh, was what, what John L calling up Ronnie Mack and saying, "Hey, take my nephew. He's he's terrific. Trust point, me." Yeah. It was it was his only offer basically, and they end up finding a diamond in the rough and number one NFL draft pick. And shoot, I wouldn't doubt Alex is still going to play in the NFL next year or maybe the year after. Who knows? But it's not like he was a five star. Brian Johnson wasn't really either. I have to remember what Brian was. He was either a two or a three star. And he was young. He was 17 when he first got to campus. So anyway, that little nugget from COC I thought was interesting that he said he wanted numbers and so was going to go play for Utah State. And with Jordan Love, I mean, that that makes some sense. All right, we're going to play Rudy Gobert's media availability today. Coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned for that. Uh, I think we'll try and uh, dig up a not sports report as well. Do you want to do one as well, Austin? We can. uh, We did that on Friday, right? We'll, We'll each do one. All right. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Hey, girl. Big Show. What's up? (laughs) Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. I still love it that we're doing this band of the day. Hey, girl. Because now Gordon can't select it, which which makes me laugh. You know what this song's about? No. This is a guy that's sweet on a girl telling her, break up with your boyfriend and hang out with me. Oh, really? Do you ever have a situation like that, Austin? Where that's you, the story of my life. You had an interest, but she was otherwise... Uh, oh, no. I was the one who was always being... His girlfriend was always being told to dump me. For somebody oh, okay. Else, you know. weren't the the guy who had a girl that he liked, but she had a boyfriend. Oh, well, that too. Yeah. And so you were trying to get in there, and in fact, that's when I first was interested in my wife. She was in a long term relationship oh, with yeah? someone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? She get in there and say, "Whoa, boy, uh, he seems nice." But... So real quick, I worked with her mom. I worked with my mo- now mother in law, and I so we were Facebook friends. I saw a picture of Whitney, and I said to my mother in law at work one day, "Hey." What's the story with, with, with your daughter there? Do you think I could get her number and maybe take her out sometime? No, no. She's she's in a long-term relationship. And then my mother-in-law said, and she's crazy. So don't don't even worry about it. That's funny. And then two years later, Whitney broke up with this guy, picked up her mom's iPad, saw my face on her mom's Facebook, and said, that kid's handsome, sent me a message. What do you know? So It all comes back around. So uh, Old Dominion, they got something right. Okay. All right. Break up with him. How do you plant the seeds of doubt <laughs> into the girl you like's mind? How do you how do you work on that? Long-term projects. All right. Uh let's uh let's do a little Rudy Gobert media availability how do you today. Transition to this one. Of course, uh Chaz availability brought to you by our friends at University of Utah Health. They take care of Utah like Utah takes care of each other. Here's Rudy Gobert from earlier today. Man, first thing I thought of, you know, they said they sent out a league memo last Friday saying that basically the awards are basically uh, not going to count these last eight games. For you, man, you facing history this year. You could be the second person besides Dwight Howard to try to win three in a row. Have you thought – do you think you've done enough this year to uh, put yourself at the top of the list? How do you compare this list this year compared to, you know, your last two years where you won defensive player of the year this season? I think every year is different. You know, obviously this year, uh, especially year because we stopped the season – Kind of like at the, at the time where the most important part of the season starts, so it's a it's a, it's a different year. It's a lot of things happen, but I definitely I definitely think I should be in the mix. You know, I think uh, you know it's about 
the things you do for your team uh, night in and night out. And, uh, you know, we have guys that on other teams that done a great job too. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. All right. Next question will be from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. Good to see you. What's up? Uh, Donovan and Joe have kind of compared the experience of like staying, you know, how you guys are staying at a hotel where there are other teams and other players there. Donovan compared it to an AAU experience, Joe, to an international tournament. I was just wondering if you'd had the chance to kind of hang out with other players from other teams, you know, who you normally wouldn't, uh, how that kind of, you know, makes this situation unique and how, if at all, you think it might change things like once the game starts. Uh, it's definitely, like Joe said, you know, for us that are used to play with the national team and go on for like two months, stay with the same group of guys, being like all over the world and staying in some, you know, different places away from families and stuff. It's, it's pretty similar. You know, it's uh, obviously it's a little different with all the uh, safety procedures and stuff like that but it's uh yeah you have friends on uh, on other teams and uh at the same time it's kind of cool to you know when we have uh, some downtime to be able to hang out with uh you know with other other friends of ours you know it's uh we got a Obviously, we, we love to be home with the families and stuff, but we can't. So it's uh, it's great to be able to have those interactions for sure. Thank you. Okay, next question, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, have you thought at all about going to the other games and whether or not you'll go and watch the other teams play and if that'll just be for entertainment or if that adds value to you? I think it's great that we're able to do that. You know, uh, obviously, when you when you're not playing, you wanna you know be in your room or be doing recovery or you know having some downtime. But at the same time, you know we are uh, fans of the game of basketball, so it's uh, it's it's. I think I, I think I'm definitely gonna go and watch some games. You know, I think it's great to. Like when I'm on the road, I watch a lot of games on the league pass and on TV. So being able to watch some games live, it's uh, it's even better, especially when it's teams that we might face in the playoffs or teams that you know we wanna learn watching. So it's uh, it's uh, I think it's a big plus that we have. All right, next question is from Ryan Miller, KSL. Ryan. Hey, Rudy. Obviously, the atmosphere is going to be different than a typical NBA game. How do you think that'll affect how players play? I mean, I think, uh, obviously, not have the the energy from the crowd is going to feel a little different. But at the same time, we practice every day with our fans. You know, we when we're on the court, we, you know, we kind of zone in and we kind of forget what's around at the same time so for me personally you know I don't think it's going to make a big difference but uh, I can't speak for, for all the guys but I, I think uh, you know once you're in the game and you're focused on what you have to do um, you're just focused you know okay we have a follow up question from Eric Walden Eric Rudy, I was just uh, wondering, with the first uh, scrimmage coming up in just a couple days, what are you kind of specifically hoping to to get out of that? Do you anticipate, you know, how much do you anticipate you'll play a lot to kind of get back into it? 
not very much since, you know, this game doesn't matter. How, how do you think it will go? What are you looking forward to? I think for us, it's just keep getting better, you know, keep uh, – keep getting ready for what's coming and uh, at the same time it's going to be it should be fun you know it should be fun to to, to get back out there and play against uh, uh, another team you know I think uh, with all the things that happen and are happening you know it's great to be able to uh, still do what we love and you know and do it at the highest level and we're going to try to keep doing that all right last question will be a follow-up from Sarah Todd Deseret News Rudy, Brian had asked what it was going to be like without fans in the arena. Um, but as I said, a lot of those fans now are actually going to be made up of like your competitors, other NBA players. Uh, what do you think that's going to be like having them be the people that are on the sidelines that are reacting to the game? I don't know if they're going to react a lot. They might. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think it's just going to be like a, almost like a little practice scrimmage, but it's just, you know, that. It's a game, so everything counts. And the one thing that I think might be different is the the communication, because we, with the fans, there's a lot of things that we don't hear on the floor, and now every little thing that you say that we say is gonna be gonna be heard. So it might feel a little different, especially for people watching. But for us, you know, I don't think it's gonna make that big of a difference. All right, there you go. That is uh, Rudy Gobert from earlier today. His Zoom availability presented by University of Utah Health, the official health care provider for the Utah Jazz and you. With 16 neighborhood health centers, U of U Health has a game plan for your family's care. Visit uofuhealth.org slash jazz. All right, everybody, including on this show, we've talked a lot about it, uh, wondering how it's going to be without fans. Think about this for a second. How much less demonstrative stuff do we see? Because if you think about it, like like somebody throwing down a dunk and then throwing up their arms and yelling Aah! in front of twenty thousand fans looks pretty cool, but in front of nobody, well, not the you, way you just you kind of yeah. look like a moron. Okay, <laughs> right? You ever thought about that? The behavior you get away with in front of people because it's like a juiced building. Sure. If you did it in just a room with a couple of people, sure, we'd be looking at you like. Wow, do we need to get you committed? <laughs> you know what you just looked like? You mm. looked like that's how Oh, what's the what's his name? The big hairy muppet. The giant <laughs> one that you know what I'm talking about? He's just Mr. a big Snuffleupagus? No, 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 no. He's just a big giant hairy hairball thing muppet that if he dunked the ball, that's uh, that's, that's how, how he, he would celebrate. <laughs> But see, this is my point. Kind of like the car wash guy. Actually, see, this is my point. If I would have done that after <laughs> making a shot in front of twenty thousand people, you wouldn't be saying anything. But just no. you and I here in this uh, room, no. you can't stop telling me how dumb I look. You would go viral if you did it in front of a ru- of an arena. You do it with me, and it's just my word against yours. I suppose oh, yeah. Hans's celebration still looked rather ridiculous, and that was in front of a. A stadium full I of people. Love, but honestly, as much as we tease him, I loved that celebration. The uniqueness because of Because it? it was just raw joy. Right. He, that was the best moment of his entire life. But it's not how I would have probably. It's funny because Hans is, uh, is overcorrected. Because have you ever talked to Hans about his end zone dance idea? No. <laughs> so I'm sure it's great. It's the most intricate thing you've ever heard. It involves like... like 10 people. I think there are some props in there. There might be an act change. I mean, when I heard him, when I heard him describe it to With me, I was like, wow. Yeah. 
Please, everybody. We will now begin a short intermission. Uh, I'll have to ask him. But no, I'm with you on the joy part. But to your point, how much will we not see the the outward demonstrations? I think you'll still see it. I really do. Do you? Yeah. Because I think... How do I say? I think that it's an emotional, high energy, high adrenaline moment, regardless of fans or not. Or is it a performance, though? See, uh, I, are they performing? You know what I mean? When Chris Paul is going after an official, I don't think he's doing that as a, as a performance. I just think he's petty and he knows how to work the officials. No, but when when Steph he'll Curry still do that. When Steph Curry does his little dance with his hanging his threes in right. the air, I like, don't oh, think it's all performance. I, but I, it may have begun that way, but now it's a well. He won't be in the bubble. But if someone True. with that type of uh, uh, trademark move is is playing, they're still gonna do that thing. They're still gonna because it's become their thing. It's not, it doesn't matter if there's fans. 10 feet in the stands or 10 miles away watching on television, they're still going to do it. I know, but it's easy to get the disconnect when you, you people are watching at home, right? Like us talking on the radio, honestly, it, most of the time it just feels like you, Gordon, and me are having conversation. Like we're just sitting around and you forget about the people listening in their cars, right? So I, I, wonder, I never forget about our listeners, Jake. I no, mean, no, no. no. <laughs> just, sorry. I'm, just, I'm not trying to insult our listeners. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to explain. I, like, I don't. You're absolutely right. I was just right. telling someone so, the other day. That's, that's how it works best is when you just talk. Right. But, yeah. but when they're playing basketball and since the people aren't there, like I know I would, if, if, you know, if Kevin Garnett did the, anything is possible. Like, and there was nobody there. I'd look at him like, wow. You have come unhinged. Would you Aaron Andrews him like she did to Richard Sherman, which she's like, who was dissing you or whatever? whatever. <laughs> yeah, what <did> <laughs> uh, yeah what you might you be talking right. About? I still think we'll see it because <laughs> it's still a show. It's still an ego thing. It's still there. And, and you better believe when someone's upset with an official, they're not suddenly going to have nice comfortable no, no, no. conversation with I don't, them just because there's no fans in this I'm more thinking like the celebrations. And I wonder because the the officials will be less impacted by the crowd. I wonder if some of the whining will be tamped down because it won't work. I I don't think it'll be tamped down at all. Because well, I mean if it maybe not at the beginning, but I do believe that officials don't like getting booed cuz who does? And whether they're they're conscious of it or not, I do believe the the crowd can get in the mind of the the official from time to time. And all the whining and all that stuff is just to fan the flames. I wonder if refs will be like, "Okay, whatever. Leave yeah. me alone." Hmm. I don't know. I, we'll see. I I'm the type of person that I would probably be uh worse behave or or my behavior would be worse. Towards the officials, because I'm the type of person that if I started to dress down an official and then saw like a, a, a child on the third row, I'd suddenly be put in my place and be like, oh, what am I? I need to I need to set a better I need to be a better person. But then in Orlando, there's no child or whatever to stop me. There's no grandma that I don't want to have hear me dropping 17 straight right. swear words in a row. So I'm probably going to be worse off in that situation. But that's just me. Think about think about it this way for a second. Like, what what was that thing Dion Sanders used to do, or Merton Hanks? Do you remember Merton Hanks the back, in the, back in the day, where his his head would just go back and forth? And he was doing that celebration yeah, or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they that if he did that in practice, <laughs> all of his teammates would be like, "Okay, Merton's lost it." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Nobody's around. And I'll he's bet doing he did the, it in practice. Did I'll he? bet when he picked off Elvis Gerback or whoever was the, the quarterback uh, after Steve Young and, and in practice, I'll bet he did the funky chicken. Was that the most unique celebration dance? What's the most unique? I'm not, and I'm not talking about the the funniest because that, of course, was the the who was making fun of. Was it Steve Smith, the Panthers, who was making fun of the the love boat cruises of the Vikings? Do you remember that oh, one? I it don't was remember a, that. You remember when it was a controversy? Lake Minnetonka or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were taking these cruises, and there the was booze some, cruise. There was some celebra- celebratory behavior out there. Maybe some. Not, not some of it. Not These so appropriate. These were the Dante Culpepper Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, and and I think it was Steve Smith of the Panthers, the the former Ute that scored and then rode the boat. You don't remember I that? Don't remember oh, that, no. that was amazing. But the the Merton Hanks thing was, I think, I liked, maybe the most unique. I like the Dirty Bird from uh, uh, Jamal Anderson. Jamal Anderson. Okay, that was unique. I it was really short and dumb, but I liked the Mile High Salute from Terrell Davis. Fine with it. Wasn't he in the military at one point as well? I'm not sure. I, well, we'll, anyway, have to, we'll have to look. Mike that up. Anderson, a Broncos uh, running back, also a U. Back in the day, he does the Mile High Salute, and he Did was he? in the military. Maybe that's where I'm getting them mixed up. But like, can we all agree that now they're like Hans's choreography that he wants to do? Can we just all agree now they're just way too choreographed? I don't need to see 15 people involved. Oh, I think it's so great. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, because I think it's a roaring waste of time. You know what's a waste of time? Points after touchdown tries. No, I just want to see. That's a waste of time. I just want to see Chad Johnson do the river dance and then let's move on with our day. I, I think we get rid of PATs and we have a panel of five judges and you get a, a score between one and three based on your touchdown celebration. And those judges say that's a one point celebration. <laughs> and the more elaborate, the more entertaining gets a three-point celebration. So now you're you're combining football with figure skating. With uh, dancing with the stars. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Not sports next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Love with them, break up with them. I know that you're so done with them, break up with them, break up with them. It's the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Thanks for making us part of your day. Time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. While Gordon is gone, Austin and I have both been selecting a story for the Not Sports Report. And Austin, since you never never go first, he always goes first. I think you should go first today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, you, Everyone that's listening to the show is familiar at this point with the Hope Box Theater. Yep. Uh, I did a show up there, Guys and Dolls, and the, the whole goal of the Hope Box Theater is to support, uh, the, the bring hope to families battling cancer through the performing arts. Right. And for every show up there, they select a recipient that is battling cancer, and the pro, a lot of the proceeds, most of the proceeds from the shows, goes to that person and their family to right. help with their bills. Mm-hmm. Well, they've had to move their current show that is in its final week, Thoroughly Modern Millie, 
to the outdoor amphitheater in Syracuse. Oh, they're, they're going outdoors. That's they're awesome. getting national praise for how they've handled it, Jake. Oh, in that's regards great. to COVID measures, they they you are completely social distanced in your own little group. the 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 place will hold, uh, I think, five somewhere around five hundred seats, and they're selling less than half of those. And then there's open lawn too that you can go sit on. Well, you can. Uh, their recipient sadly did pass away. Jeanette passed away in their uh, first couple of weeks back. And her, she leaves behind a husband and some young children. And so I'm just going to use this time selfishly to, to promote that if you go online at Hope Box Theater, you can use the code MUZZY, M-U-Z-Z-Y, get $10 tickets for tonight. They play tonight, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. But if you're going to go tonight, $10 tickets using the code MUZZY, M-U-Z-Z-Y, and it is a phenomenally fun show for all ages. Take the family for family night and support a really good cause. Hope Box Theater up there in Syracuse tonight. All right. Now Austin, you go with your ridiculous. Which is, yeah. It's, it's, it's I put a, you in a bad spot it's again. It's not a nice message like, like that was, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I saw this podcast today and I did not, um, I did not listen to it granted, but uh, it brought up, I thought, a very valid question that considering Austin is our movie guy, Catch Austin and Johnny Lightfoot every Thursday on the movie zone at seven. Except this Thursday because there's a jazz game. Oh yeah. How about that? Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, the, the podcast did top 10 Coen Brothers movies. And the Coen Brothers are are basically my favorite or pretty close to it. So I'm not going to make you do 10, Austin. Golf. But I want to hear your top three Coen Brothers movies. And I'll, I'll let you think for a second. My number one would be The Big Lebowski, and it's not really close. Number two is Fargo. And it's not really close three either. But three, there's some debate in my mind, and I can be convinced. Is is country no country for old men not in there? That's one I'd consider for number three. Okay, I'd also consider Barton Fink, which I've never seen Barton. Fink. Very good, John Goodman and Barton Fink is is amazing, and so is John Turturro. And uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Those are the three that would compete for number three on my top three list okay. of Coen Brothers movies. My my top three are and one's ridiculous, and it's it was just on Netflix last year or the year before, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I've heard great things. I have yet to see it. Really? But I've heard it's terrific. Most of it is phenomenal. Uh-huh. The first time I watched it, I went, ugh, that was really dumb. Then I watched it a second, third, 15th, 39th, 73rd time. Pretty good. And it's phenomenal. Okay. All right. I got you. Uh, so that being my three, No Country for Old Men is an absolute have to have in the top three okay. Coen brothers. And then my favorite, uh, The Big Lebowski, I think I just missed it because uh-huh. I didn't see it for years. And then I was like, okay, whatever. Gotcha. My favorite Coen Brothers movie is Burn After Reading. Amazing. I you love cannot, Burn I love Burn After Reading. You cannot dislike Burn After Reading. No, this is such an impossible question because there's so many really, really good movies. And there actually is, there There are a couple of stinkers in there. Like that one with Tom Hanks was really bad. What one was that? Uh, where he played the Southern Gentleman. Uh, the, the, oh, you didn't like oh, Lady Killers? Yes. You didn't like that? No, I did not huh. like the Lady Killers. Burn After Reading is amazing. John Malkovich in Burn After Reading is really funny. And oh, Brad right. Pitt's really funny, Raising too. Arizona? Raising Arizona is amazing. That's why I'm saying it's really impossible. Raising Arizona was an early one. Nicolas Cage. And you said Fargo, right? Fargo I love. Big Lebowski and Fargo are two of my very favorite movies. They might be two of my top five favorites of all time. And one of them, one of the Coen brothers, was on a big part of uh, the Green Book. Oh, really? That won the, the Oscar. 
Oh, interesting. I'll I think to, Ethan. Ethan? I think. The one who's married to Francis McDormand? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, anywho. There you go. Coen Brothers movie. Interesting, yeah. Top three Coen Brothers movie. Uh, it's time. It is Monday. It means it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE, and correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50, and you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game, brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers, only on 97.5 and 1280 Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Aaron Falk joins us live from the bubble next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.